Hi beauties, welcome to the Beyond Beauty Project with your host Bridget Burrick-Brown, the show that's redefining the meaning of beauty. Enjoy, and we're so happy to have you part of the conversation. Hi everybody, and welcome to the Beyond Beauty Project. Today I'm here with Susan Plunkett. Susan is a science fiction writer and psychologist. She received her doctorate at, New, at the New School for Social Research in 1989 and has been in private practice in New York City for 32 years. Her favorite part of her work is interpreting dreams using a Jungian approach. For the past 10 years, she's been writing science fiction in which she explores the worlds of the fourth, fifth, and sixth dimensions. Susan is currently writing book three of her trilogy, downloading much of it from the beings who send her information from somewhere out there in space. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Susan, where we're really going to dive into dreams and also what it means to have a masculine and feminine inside of each of us, regardless of how we identify. Thank you, Susan, for being here today. I'm delighted, Bridget. Oh, I'm so excited to learn all about this. I feel like I know a little bit from you educating me, but like, I cannot wait to dive into some of these things. So to start the interview, I'm going to ask you the question I ask everyone, and I would love to know what being beautiful means to you. Oh, I think because I always think of myself and you and every person as our current personality, you know, who we walk around earth as, but also as our soul, that Mm -hmm. other aspect of ourself that's not incarnate. And I think being beautiful, or I think people are the most beautiful when their current personality and their soul are moving together. You know, when, when you're doing your soul's journey, I think you feel really beautiful. If your current personality going that way and your soul is going that way, you get tense and, you know, feel beautiful. But yeah, I think that's, you know, that's how you can, that's how you can really feel beautiful. Even when you're, you know, don't have any makeup on or your skin is broken out or something. You have a deeper kind of beauty Yeah, about being in tandem with your soul. Yeah. Like going in flow with. Yeah. And going in flow with your higher power, right? Yeah. Your higher self. Do you think that remembering our dreams, um, and understanding them brings us closer to, what our souls want us to be or feel or learn. Definitely. Our dreams are a doorway into our deepest self, like a secret doorway. And the dream world contacts what we call the unconscious. But in the early days, Jung referred to it as what it really is, the divine, Hmm. the gods, the goddesses, the the source and 
the best information you'll ever get about your life, your psyche, what you should do is through your dreams because wow. dreams see around corners and into the future. You can dream of yourself in other dimensions on other planets. You can dream of your past lives, your future lives because dreams are unbound by time and place and huh. every living thing dreams every so, living being dreams we've all seen our dogs and cats dream but trees dream octopuses dream stars dream oh my little plants that i have dream yes they dream oh. they dream so so dreams it sounds like can give us a glimpse of our past, our future lives. And then also, if I'm understanding it correctly, maybe our higher being or our guides can also guide us in our dreams. Yes, that's who's speaking to us in our dreams. Uh, the person who knows us better than anyone. Yes. So what Young would have explained as the unconscious was also our divine yeah. Now Jungians, Jungian analysts, they don't speak of God. It's not PC, I guess. Yeah. Me, I speak of God. Yeah. I love to speak of God. Um, yes. They just call it the unconscious. But in Jung's day, it was the divine unconscious. So we sort of answered this, but where do you think our dreams come from and why do you think we have them? Like, what are the purpose of dreams? The purpose is guidance and mm. if you pay attention to your dreams you'll have more dreams and you'll learn to remember them if you don't you will be getting less information because the unconscious or the divine aspect of us um, tries and tries to contact us and if we're receptive it gives us more and more but if we're not receptive, it eventually gives up and doesn't it, talk to us so much. I'm making a connection to intuition there. Yeah. You know, I think when we're, I see it in my daughter, you know, she's so intuitive. And, you know, I remember she would tell me, Grandpa told me, you know, she was so in touch with all the different realms. And Grandpa being dead. Yeah. Grandpa being, yeah. yes, I should. Yes. <laughs> Say that part, grandpa no longer being with us on this earth. And yeah, I've always, it's like, we're always trying to, I know me personally, I'm always trying to get back to my intuition, back to learning what I was taught to unlearn for so many years, you yep. know? Yep. Can you explain to us what you believe unconscious is? I, I believe, I agree with Young. I believe our unconscious is the biggest aspect of ourself, that aspect of ourself that has a foot in other worlds, mm -hmm. that connects us to other realms, that is unbound by time and space. It doesn't have to play by the rules of consciousness because when we're dreaming, our frontal lobe shuts down and that's what stops our intuition the frontal lobe, which we develop, you know, mostly between ages 15 and 25, it gets fully myelinized. Um, it inhibits us. It tells us, no, that can't be. Whereas your daughter, she's not, 
she's free, but you know, we grow up in society and we learn to, we learn the rules about what's possible and what's not possible. And so mm-hmm. we lose a lot of our, our childhood power. Wow. That's so true. This is, I'm kind of going off subject. Well, not off subject, but when my brother was passing away, I, my mom had just passed away probably eight months earlier. So I was, I was spending a lot of time with him at the end of his life. And he was, he was going in between worlds already. Cause I would sit with him. He was always in his bed. Cause he was, you know, he couldn't really walk anymore. And I remember sitting there with him and him telling me like, you know, I hung out with mom last night. My mom was already passed away. And I almost felt like, I think, I think we had spoke about this. I thought I was being a crazy person, but I could almost go to those other places a little bit. It's almost like I had one foot in and one foot out. It was really wild. That's, that's true, right? That's absolutely true. We can buy a locate. You can wow. go to those places. Wow. That is so cool. Okay. So going back to dreams, some dreams seem completely irrational. I can dream that I'm in a room in my childhood home or in my current apartment, or I can be a grown up self in my elementary school. It gets very confusing. Why, like, why does that happen? Uh, that happens because the the unconscious, the higher self, uses symbols to talk to us. It prefers symbols to words. And so if it wants you to look at an issue that might have happened in that elementary school or in that bedroom, mm-hmm. um, it will use that as a symbol and put you back there, even as an adult. Because symbols can have many, many meanings. So it's much more powerful to use a symbol than to try to do everything with words. That's interesting because I feel like when I've either spoken to mediums or intuitives or I've watched them on a YouTube show, they say a lot of their information they receive comes in the way of symbols. Yeah. So it's a similar, similar thing. Right. Yeah. When you're dealing with the other realms, there's a lot of telepathy and there are a lot of symbols. As a as a channel, when I write, I don't usually get words. I get pictures. I get symbols and pictures and then I make it into words. The only time they'll give me a word is if I use a wrong word, then they might correct that one word. But usually Uh. it's just a stream of pictures. There are channels who are voice channels where you leave your body and and the entity takes over your body. But I don't do that. I would be way too uncomfortable with that. But I will receive pictures. That reminds me of the book, uh, Conversations with God. Right. Remember that book? I love that. That was the start start of my like spiritual awakening. Um, So that's interesting what you said about the symbols because if we're sort of connecting the medium intuitive with how they read someone or they read they do a reading and then I'm having a dream with symbols 
I almost can, it's almost your intuition a little bit too. Like it's almost my intuition telling me. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Right. your intuition. This is fun. Why do we have reoccurring dreams? If your unconscious feels you didn't get the message, it Mm. will keep, Hey, I knocked on this door. I tried to give you this message. You didn't listen. Okay. The next night or a week later or a month later, it will keep trying to get through until you get it or until it gives up. Okay. So if you're having a reoccurring dream, there's a message that's trying to get to you. Yes. So I have had a reoccurring dream for years and maybe you can interpret this for me. So it's where I can fly, but I'm... I have to pedal my legs really, really fast. And I can kind of control, like, if I pedal them faster, I can go higher. I can lower myself. I'm never too high. And it almost makes me a little bit scared. So I'm around, I might be right above the trees, kind of in and out of the clouds. I'm above the buildings. Um, Sometimes it's pure joy. And sometimes it's a little bit scary and I'm almost like fleeing a scary situation. But then the feeling of being able to escape is exciting. So I have like both the scary and the exciting. And sometimes it can be like very relieving. And I'm like, whew. And then if I continue to dream, if it hasn't woken me up, I'm like, sometimes I can't fly anymore. And I'm like, right. I want to, I want to like, you know, I want to do that again. What does that mean? <laughs> that is a very common dream okay. that many people have. That is your soul playing. Oh. That is your soul leaving your body as it does every single night when you okay. sleep. And it is playing and it is showing you that it leaves and that it's free. And when you can't do it anymore, it's because you're back in your body. And you, once you're back mm-hmm. in your body, you can't fly. So that many people have that dream of flying. Flying is, your soul is playing. It's showing you that it leaves. And when you dream of falling often, it's the soul crashing back into the body. And if there was a message there, would it be maybe that I'm craving being more playful in my life? Maybe that, or just to make sure you understand that you are more than your physical body, that you are a soul, you are a divine being. Your physical body's fine. It's your temporary rental while you're here in the 3D, um, but it is not your eternal you. And it, the flying part is your eternal you. This body is just a temporary housing. And is there any meaning with, the sort of scariness that I have about it or that I can like, if I pedal faster. I think the pedaling faster is you exiting the body and will I do it? Will I be able to do it? You know, you're pedaling to get, you know, yes, yes. Some people are pedaling. Some people are, have a version where they're kind of running or, and then they, or some people do it with their will. They're just, will themselves to lift up okay so there's several varieties of this dream okay okay why do dreams prefer symbols 
Like, do they become ever... more economical? Okay. Do they because ever speak directly or? They don't usually use words. So occasionally you'll get a phrase if they think that's more powerful, but symbols have many interpretations. So it's a more powerful, say a cross, you know, it can be the religious cross. It can be a crossroads, you know, it can be a X, Mm. no, you know, so you are left then to deal with the multi-levels of the symbol. So it's more efficient too. Yeah. It's expressive and efficient and quicker. They can probably get more information to us. Yep. Yep. Okay. If people have two of the same dreams, what does that mean? Uh, You mean uh, two different people having the same dream or one? Yeah. 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 No, like if two different people had a very similar dream. Right. Is there a meaning there? Well, I think the thing of that is that Dreams are personal. So if, say, an old man and a young man have the same dream, it has very different meanings for them because mm-hmm. part of the meaning of dream comes from your situation in life. Like, to interpret a dream, I need to know the dreamer's situation in three-dimensional reality. So you say an old man has a dream that he's, on a horseback and he's approaching a stream and he crosses over the stream. An old man on horseback crosses over the stream. He could be crossing to another world. Yeah. He could be crossing to death given that he's an older man and a young man on horseback approaches the stream and he jumps over the stream. He may be breaking barriers in his life. You know, getting yes. a new job, you know, awakening to something. So the symbols have different meanings to each dreamer. Why do people have nightmares? Because they're not getting the message. It's similar to recurrent dreams. If there's a message that the psyche wants you to get and you're not getting it, the unconscious will up the ante and making it more and more scary till you wake up oh. and then you might deal with it. You know, it's, it's in an effort to help you. The other reason is uh, it could be a working through of a traumatic situation. If no. someone, so there's, there's the two reasons it is often. And then, then the therapist would, would, you know, guide the patient to explore what traumatic situations seem like they're being covered in the dream and then you can work through the trauma you know by journaling or talking or going to therapy journaling is a good way to work through trauma you hear a lot of times where children have night terrors so they're probably trying to work through something some traumas yeah Yeah. or they could be having visitations you know so yeah yeah there's a differential diagnosis there Okay, if I've dreamed I've died or someone else has died, am I going to die soon? <laughs> no, no. Okay. No, that, that means you're going to have a transformation because uh. death dreams, uh, because the unconscious knows that the soul cannot die, um, 
it doesn't represent symbolically to the dreamer the dreamer's own death as a death because the unconscious knows, the divine knows there is no death. Only the body gets dropped, but the soul doesn't die. So it doesn't represent uh, our death to us in that way. Um, it will represent our death to us sometimes as the death of an animal because only the physical body dies according to the unconscious, which is true. Or it will represent it. I can tell you some dreams that were reported to me within weeks of the patient dying. Back during the AIDS epidemic, I had several AIDS patients and I would see them every week and they would often die the next week or the week after. So I wow. would have their last dreams. So this is what they looked like. One guy, this was back in the 80s, was trying to get on the subway and the train would pull into the station and everybody could get on. And every time he tried, the doors would bang shut. The next train, mm. the doors would bang shut. He couldn't go any further. Uh, it can be a huge tree being uprooted in the forest. The tree is uprooted. So your root, your tap root is no longer connected to the earth. The earth so yeah. it represents it symbolically doors closing, tracks running out, trees uprooted. But yeah. to dream of your own death means change is underway. You're going to drop your old way of being and you're going to have a new way. Transformation. Transformation. Is there a way to know if we're, if we're dreaming about a past life? Uh, you would have to just question yourself, interpret it. Um, you might have a feeling about it. Uh, yeah. You might see, you know, take the clues from it and the images in it. If you're dressed in, you know, 16th century clothing, probably is a past yeah. life. <laughs> if you're on a different planet, you can dream of past lives. I've dreamt of past lives on other planets in yeah. other kinds of vehicles. One dream, uh, I was a, I had, I was a quadruped. I had four legs. So you can dream of yourself. Yeah. And that's so cool. Yeah. I've had a few dreams where, um, you know, my loved ones that have passed on and I'm in the dream with them. Would you say that I'm just dreaming about them or are they visiting you? They're typically? visiting that's yeah. one of the easiest ways for them. They weave into a dream that we're having. They weave okay. into it. It's That's an easier way and less frightening than if they just a appeared to us in our house. They are around, but we don't usually see them. Uh, because over there is really right here. It's just a different vibration. So, yeah, they weave uh, in. They weave into a dream. That. To over say, here is really just there. It's yeah, just over a there is vibration. Really, yeah, it's right all piled up. Huh. That's such a cool way to think about it. Yeah. Our dreams can have various different people in them. Why does the uncon unconscious choose this person or that person? To make a point. Oh, so oh, if I was you're thinking of some of my dreams. <laughs> Because if you dream, say you're dreaming of somebody from high school, then you have to say to yourself, 
say it's a girl from high school, you have to say to yourself, what was the most memorable thing about her personality? Mm. And then you say, oh, so my unconscious wants me to focus on either something that happened with her or something that she represents. Perhaps I'm supposed to develop that quality that she had in myself now. Or my unconscious is telling me I am developing that quality right now. So ask yourself, what was that person like? What was my experience of that person? And am I developing that or should I be developing that quality? Or if it's a negative quality, should I be looking for that in myself and rooting that out? Or possibly looking for that in someone else that's in your like immediate that maybe you need to set a boundary with or maybe, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. Okay. What about this one? If we dream or making love to a man in our dream, does that mean our unconscious wants us to be with him in the external reality? Because that's a good one. (laughs) Not usually, not usually. (laughs) New York city is in the background. In New York city is in the background. Now, if you're, I'll give you an example from my life. In 2008, when Barack Obama was elected president, I may have told you this before, uh, I dreamt I was making love to him right after he was elected. And I went to my analyst, Jungian analyst, and I told him the dream. And he said, that's wonderful, because he's about to be the most powerful man in the world. And that means you are finally integrating your own masculine power, which Mm. as a woman who is kind of feminine, who was raised in the 60s, um, when women didn't have quite as much power, although we were beginning to get it, you know, with flower power and, um, and I grew up in your bra. Yeah, I grew up in Woodstock. We didn't wear bras. We barely wore shoes. Uh, We wore no makeup. And I went from 13 to 20 during the 1960s. So, um, but even with all that, men were still, white men were still the power. Um, yep. So my analyst said to me, you are integrating masculine power and it's high time. Because I went from, in my 20s, I had a different young man analyst, uh, a wonderful guy. And I had a dream that I was standing on a beach on the porch of a, a beach house And I was looking at the sand and the waves coming in. And I saw this blonde guy about my age, like looking kind of weak, like he was going to faint. And I'm looking at him. And then these horses came thundering up the beach. And I thought, he's going to get trampled. So I ran off the porch and I grabbed him. And then I picked him up and I carried him onto the porch. And my then Jungian analyst said, whoa, you need to work on your masculine girl. He is so weak that your feminine has to do all the work for you in life. So go from the 25-year-old who dreams her animus is fainting on the beach, about to be trampled. By animus, I mean my internal masculine. To me making love to Barack Obama in my 60s. So from 25 to 60, I did a little work on my masculine and feminine to get my masculine to be powerful instead of weak. 
we'll go back to dreams, but I want to jump into, can you explain to us what the animus and the anima mean when it comes to the masculine and the feminine that we each have inside of us? Right. As a woman, you have an internal masculine and that's called your animus. I have an animus too. Your husband as a man has an internal feminine, his anima, his soul, his spirit. An animating spark. Um, because if we're, if we present as one sex, whatever sex we present as, we have the opposite inside us. And we need to balance the two because we can't just be all feminine or all masculine. It's much better to be whole, to have a, have a feminine and a masculine. That's the great marriage. In Jungian psychology, Hmm. there are two great marriages, the marriage of the masculine and the feminine and the marriage of the conscious and the unconscious. So is the goal for them to be balanced? And if, for example, this is interesting because, you know, I'm creating my own podcast and I'm working in a very different way than I had for years and I'm learning how to balance it all. So recently I felt very like overworked, I guess, and it didn't feel good. And I'm wondering if that's an example of my masculine being too strong because my, my thought was when I was like, okay, I need to figure out like how to have some balance. I was saying to myself, I need to figure out how to have some balance maybe not realizing that I really needed to balance my masculine and feminine. Cause what That's... I really wanted to do is I wanted to meditate. I wanted to slow down. I wanted to be with my daughter, you know, that sounds perfect. That sounds like, yeah, they do need to be balanced because they can hound you. Cause you're, once you get that masculine going, Oh, it wants to get, Oh, it wants to get everything done. You know, yeah. the masculine is the thrusting. And the feminine is the receptive. It's like a mountain and a lake. And that masculine energy, okay, let's do this. Let's line up this. Let's get this done. Come on, come on, come on. And they do need to be balanced. Like it's it's a woman's masculine that puts us out in the world, that starts a business. But you Mm. can't let it drive you. The feminine has to be strong too. So what are some characteristics of each? The feminine is generally more receptive it's an animating spark Mm. uh it comes up with ideas and it has a lot of intuition uh and the masculine like let's get it done let's get it done you can think of them as like like i mentioned the feminine is like a beautiful lake And the breeze can ripple, but down underneath the lake flows, it flows. There's a lot going on under the surface there. And the masculine is like a mountain, like Mm -hmm. standing strong in the middle of your life with mountain energy. And you need both. Both of us need both. You know, women are getting more masculine energy, but men need to get more feminine energy. Yeah. To save themselves from driving themselves into being workaholics. Yeah, 100%. How can a woman come to better know her internalized masculine and develop a relationship with him? Because 
I think specifically in today's day and age, like we're all kind of trying to understand that. Do you have dreams? Dreams. Dreams. Yeah. Every time you dream as a woman, every time you dream of a man, he is an aspect of your animus. And the other way, all the important men in your life uh, create your internal masculine, gives you the idea of your intern, your father, your mm-hmm. grandfather, your uncles, your brothers, your boyfriends. They're whoever you chose and who chose you. They're all, you've internalized that. Although Jung famously did say that if there was a planet and there were only women on the planet and there were no men and the women never saw a man, deep in the bedrock of her psyche, she would know that masculine existed. He really believes because, I don't know if it's because we have an X and a Y chromosome, but uh, he really believes that we would even know that, that there was masculine energy inside us. That's so interesting. Yeah. Especially when you think of how people are identifying and yeah. that's, that's so, wow, that could be a whole yeah. conversation. What about going back to dreams for a second? We talked about um you know having sex with someone in our dream and i was thinking personally like if i was having sex with another man what about if i was dreaming i was having sex with a woman what is then that you're mean trying something with our masculine feminine that may mean you're trying to integrate some aspect of that woman maybe you're having sex with a powerful woman or a feminine woman or an angry woman or you know, you're trying to integrate some aspect of that particular woman, just like you're trying to integrate some aspect of that particular man or huh. to see it. I was trying to a- integrate Barack Obama's power in my dream. Yep. Okay. So it's the same thing. Just. Yeah. Do you think that what are some ways we can remember our dreams? Like does meditating yeah. help, you know? Uh, before you fall asleep at night, you should ask for the gift of a dream. And when you first wake up, before you open your eyes and you say, oh, yeah, today, today's Wednesday, you've got to look for it. You've got to look in your mind. Where is it? And catch mm. it by the tail because it'll be gone because life will start coming in. So but if you make an effort. It will happen. It's like a muscle. You have to build it up. You have to build, you have to do those hammer curls. You know, you've just got to build up the idea. Oh yeah. I want to remember my dreams and writing them down is good. Write them down. Write them down right away. Yeah. Or get a few words down and then you can go back and fill it in. Do you have a dream journal next to your bed? I do. I do. I want to get a dream journal. Okay, so what about like if you take sleep aids or it should, it should be okay. Okay. Yeah. Or what about okay. if you're you didn't sleep good that night? Do your dreams get a little interrupted? Uh everybody has five or six dreams a night. That's oh. sort of we just don't remember them. No, yeah. your your unconscious is so powerful that it will communicate with you, but your conscious has to attend to it. 
Okay. And then with the masculine and feminine, is there an exercise? Because you mentioned like understanding your masculine, you mentioned like all the men and, yeah. you know, is there an exercise <laughs> we could do that could help us better understand ours? Yeah. Um, and it's really fun too. It's a collage. Just put yourself in the middle of a paper, a big paper, and then get pictures of every man you've ever had a relationship with or dreamt of, or, you know, in mine, I have Carl Jung. They don't even have to be alive because he's yeah. affected me so much. When I read his writings, he's talking right into my head and it's, I feel like he's there. So yeah. my analysts, Carl Jung, my father, my grandfather, my brothers, my husbands, yeah. um, major life partners. Yeah. yeah. And then you can like, oh, what is it about him? What was it about him? And you can see all their, how different they are and what might be similar about them. Huh. It's really so, fun. So you can list sort of their characteristics or yeah. aspects about them. Yeah. And you can oh. look at it. You can like look at the, it's right to look at it. You in the middle and them all around. And then you can do that for your feminine as well. You can do that for your feminine oh, as well. Oh, how fun. I'm yeah. Doing that. Huh. Like a vision board of your internal self. Yeah. Yes. That's what I was thinking. It's sort of a yeah. vision board. But of, um, of what's inside. I guess it would help you just better understand yourself better. It definitely would. Okay. Can you share some of your favorite rituals for feeling your best? I feel like you're so um, grounded and spiritual. Well, yoga and stretching are really good. Like, uh, um, but what I love more than anything is a bath. Uh, I love to take a bath in hot water, especially in the winter, but even in the summer. Yeah. Um, and sometimes Epsom salts bath, but even just a bath with a little bit of yeah. orange oil. I mm. love baths. Um, I always feel good after a bath, like a little stretching, a little, a few downward facing dogs, a little few back bends, and then a bath. With the blood flowing. Yeah, you I know, love that. I recently just started doing baths and I am and I do them almost every day. Yeah. Even if I put nothing in, I, I do Epsom salt. Yeah. Bath, but just like five minutes. Yeah. Of soaking. It's just so I love it. Do it's you like think, getting back into the unconscious, getting in the water, getting in the womb, getting in the feminine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They say that when people come back from vacation, one of the reasons they're so relaxed is because they spend so much time in water. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Do you think meditating? Cause I know you're a big meditator. Yeah. Do you think meditating helps us remember our dreams, get in touch with our unconscious be more intuitive. Yes. 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 It raises our vibration. Mm. And even five minutes of meditation raises your vibration to a, like a higher frequency and you feel better. How often do you meditate a day? Maybe twice a day. Okay. Unless you... I'm upset about something and then more. Okay. Okay. So if you're upset, you'll meditate more. Yeah. Because you can change your frequency by meditating. Interesting. Did yeah. you learn to meditate or did you just sort of teach yourself? Uh, well, back in the 70s, 
the 1970s, I learned TM. That was my first thing, my first method. And I still use TM 50 years later. Yeah, yeah, I was in my early 20s. So that was my first thing that I learned. And I've taken over the years many meditation classes. And I do all kinds. I do breathing. I do mantras. I do guided journeys. And then I do my own that I make up based on on these beings that give me information for my books. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Do you have any favorite longtime wellness products Uh, or beauty products that you love? Well, you know, growing up in Woodstock in the 60s, we, we didn't use any products. But as I've aged, I really need products. So my favorite thing is not very expensive. It's Maybelline eyeliner. I love it. So yeah, I love Maybelline eyeliner because, you know, when you get older, your eyes like fade into your face. (laughs) So uh, at your age, you don't need makeup. But so Mm -hmm. that's my all that's my favorite thing. And then my daughter gave me these little tiny sponges on a stick. This like little tiny sponges about as big as your your fingernail. And at the end of a stick, and they smudge. They, so they blend it? They blend it, yeah. Ooh. She gave me a whole array, and I love those. And then a friend of mine who lives in Morocco sent me some Moroccan argon oil years ago. And it's really good for cold winter chapped heels and legs and all kinds of oil is good, but argon oil comes from the argon trees in Morocco yeah. and it's good. You can buy it at Trader Joe. They have argon oil. And it just feels like the energy of it is probably yeah. something you're really it's, drawn to. It's very nice. Yeah. So those are, and, and Chanel red lipstick, if I'm going out. Girl, I am the same. <laughs> yeah. I love red love lipstick. Yeah. I haven't worn a red lipstick in so long. Yeah. Well, we've been <laughs> trapped in. We should have wore red lips for today. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we're going to finish up with my two final questions. What is always in your purse? Wellness, beauty, spiritual wise, like you don't leave home without. Do you have any? I could do much better on that because I haven't used a purse since the pandemic started. I just shove money into my pocket and (laughs) Kleenex into the other. So money, Kleenex. (laughs) Yeah, money and Kleenex are in my pockets. When I did carry a purse to work, I used to have my appointment book and a big bottle of water, which is a beauty product in my opinion. hundred percent. And and my eyeliner. I love it. It wears out and my sponge on a stick. I love it. I need that, by the way. It's so funny because I, when I started modeling um, in Miami and like when I was 19, 20, I would always see these models walking around with this big bottle of water. So now I always have a huge bottle of water. People laugh at me like, oh, there you are with your, I'm like, that's how hey, I, that's, that's why how your I drink skin it. is so beautiful. Well, thank you. And by the way, I just had a makeup artist on and one of her favorite beauty products, I believe was the Maybelline eyeliner. So you're on to something. Hey, good. I have one more question for you. Oh, okay. If you could go back in time and tell yourself to remember your dreams earlier than you started, why would you tell her that? 
Oh, because you'll have no better guide in your whole life than your own mm. dreams. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So teach our teach your daughters, everyone, to remember their dreams. Yes, yes. And Thank to you. honor them. Yes, and to honor them. To listen to them. Yeah. Yep. Thank you so much for being here today. This was so fun and so educational. And you are just, I love you. You are divine too. Hi, Bridget. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining another Beyond Beauty Project conversation. At the end of the day, we're all in this together. Don't forget to check out our website at www.beyondbeautyproject.com where you can find all of our socials. And don't be shy. Bridget wants to hear from you. So feel free to send a DM or an email to let us know your thoughts and what you'd like to hear about next. See you beauties on the next Beyond Beauty Project. Catch us next Tuesday. This podcast episode is designed to be for informational and discussion purposes only. I am not a doctor and I'm not trained as a medical provider or counselor. I do not provide medical care or attempt to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any physical ailment or any mental or emotional issue, disease, or condition on this podcast. Always seek the advice of your own physician or other qualified healthcare providers with any questions you may have regarding your personal medical condition. Do not disregard recommended medical advice or treatment or delay in seeking professional medical advice because of information or content obtained from this podcast. If you have or suspect that you have a medical or mental health issue, please contact your own healthcare provider promptly. For urgent medical needs, please contact your healthcare provider or call 911 immediately.